You are listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Well, he's technically not in yet. We're working on it because uh, Dr. Batar. I'm a bricklayer. Yeah. Do- Dr. Super D. Yes. Filling <laughs> in for Dr. Batar. I'm a coal miner. Uh, yeah, the coal miner's daughter, maybe. Wait a second. What? what was that? What? What? Well, actually, Dr. Batar is traveling internationally right now. We're working on, on getting the link up, getting the hookup connected, and the doctor will be in shortly. But I'll tell you what, with Brian Hooker, you know, the thing is when when you have a guy like Brian Hooker, who's just a, he's a sweet man. He really is a kind man. He just, I mean, he oozes kindness, right? And they attack him. How dare he do what he's done? And, of course, they won't address the merits of the situation when we talk about the, the film Vax or all the things that preceded it. All the years we've been talking to Brian Hooker on here about the links to from the Marisol slash Mercury to autism uh, to now, of course, the CDC whistleblower and William Thompson and what he's had to deal with as far as uh, the attacks on him. Not again, never on the merits of the argument, never on the uh, the the details of what's happening, but always about personal attacks ad hominem. It's absolutely incredible. Patrick, I got a number for uh for uh, Dr. Batar, if you can try him up and uh, see if you can get through to him and let me know when he joins us in here. Super D and I will fill the air for the moment here till we go officially advanced medicine. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, it's one thing to tackle an argument on the merits of the argument and say, wait a second. William Thompson, the CDC whistleblower, he says the X. We say we know he says X, but no, no, no. We say Y. Right. In other words, you go right to the argument and say, no, 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 he's wrong. And this is why they don't do that, because they don't have an ability to counter what William Thompson witnessed firsthand. The data that he salvaged when the rest of the CDC were encouraged and actually dumping this stuff out in a trash can to hide the connection between MMR vaccination, especially in young African-American males, given that vaccine, according to the CDC schedule on time or early. And the increase, significant increase in incidence of autism. And and if I may, I want to go back to Andy Wakefield's original study. That that he, I mean, this wasn't the only study he did. I mean, he's a real scientist, and he was published and he covered things. And this MMR study, going back to the Lancet, it wasn't one that claimed vaccines or the MMR caused autism. I've said this many times, and and they go apoplectic over this issue. He found measles virus specific to the form, the strain that was in the vaccination in the guts of these children with iatrogenic enterocolitis, doctor-induced gut inflammation. And they also happened to exhibit signs and symptoms within the autism spectrum. He never in that research paper said the MMR vaccine causes autism. But the mere mention of a connection, a a potential link, even if not claimed, was just too much 
to roll back an agenda that was not rooted in science but clearly brings to light the darkness that is the pharmaceutical-slash-vaccine-industrial complex here. And the agenda has to be questioned. If it's genuinely to protect children, where is the inquiry into these safety studies or lack thereof? Where is the inquiry into the potential link? Oh, no, that's been debunked. Really, has it? When is the study? When has the study been published that actually went in and said, you know, we definitively debunked? No. You've been manipulating data. Even a lot of the data that tried to distance thimerosal as a causative agent in autism was done by a known felon, someone who was on the Interpol most wanted list. The FBI wanted him extradited. Thorson, right? Remember this guy? And, you know, if, if somebody were on the side of claiming that vaccines were harmful, that did what Thorson did, that would be front and center news. Let's hide, let's find this guy. He's like a new Osama bin Laden, right? Except we're going to find him in 24 hours or less. But when it comes to acknowledging the, the, the frailty, if you will, on which the vaccine paradigm rests and which the safety doesn't rest because there is no evidence of safety, this is why we have to ban, ban, we have to shout down, we have to attack ad hominem anybody who points this stuff out. They're quacks, they're kooks, they're not real doctors, even though Brian Hooker's obviously a real PhD, and Andy Wakefield is more than qualified on this, and the lead researcher, Martin Walker Smith, I believe his name was, on the very study that was supposedly retracted, was completely absolved of any wrongdoing whatsoever. No fraud involved at all. But Andy didn't have the money to fight back. And so he lost his license, and there his name has been basically dragged through the mud since that time because of the threat that he faces, that he is, simply because he pointed out an inconvenient truth, Al Gore, that there is a link somehow, somewhere, between these vaccines and neurological problems. And the CDC has acknowledged ticks, which is a neurological issue or deficit in this case. Patrick, do we have Dr. Batar on? Sounds like I lost Super D in the meantime. No? Are you getting through to, to the hotel where he is? You got through once and then it dis- disconnected? Okay. 866-939-BELL is the phone number if you'd like to be part of the Robert Scott Bell Show this hour, Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar in absentia for a few moments longer. Let's see what we got in the news here. Uh, let's see. Healthy guts, carcinogenic chromium, cancer patients. Oh, this is an interesting one. Healthfinder.gov, our alibi here. Headline reads, cancer patients who choose to die at home live longer, according to the study. Isn't this interesting, too? This goes to the heart of what was revealed in the truth about cancer and our good buddy TMB. The fact that you do nothing, nothing to target your cancer. Nothing. You will live longer. And you will live a far more pleasant life, even in the end stage, these cancer patients. And so those who actually go go home to die live longer than those who remain in hospital settings with all of the interventions they can throw at you. It is an absolutely incredible journey 
from the vaccine industrial complex to the cancer industrial complex. And coming up very soon in April, we're almost there, the re-release of the truth about cancer. And of course, one of the doctors featured in there, my good buddy, Dr. Rashid Bittar. And the discussion that he goes into that we've gone into many times over the years together as we do advanced medicine each and every week. The fact that we're dealing with diseases of toxicity, diseases of deficiency, diseases of chronic inflammation caused by both. It's an absolutely incredible nightmare in which we're living. Modern medicine, medical monopoly, medical slavery. Is it in you? How about you, Super D? How about me? How about you, fan man? (laughs) How about me? I'm sorry. Yeah, correct that microphone. It started off today with Muzak, got me riled up, and then we did an excellent expose, I believe, I perceive, on the banning of the movie Vax, the tie-in to the Sloan Foundation, links back to Nazi Germany, IG Farben, the demon spawn of the pharmaceutical industrial complex when they broke up IG Farben into a number of different pharmaceutical companies. And we're still dealing with the same Nazi medicine in the 21st century. Do we have sorry. Dr. Bittar with us? I'm, I am here. I'm sorry that uh, there was some kind of uh, technical issues. That, I guess that happens when you're overseas, so I apologize. No worries, my friend. I'm just glad you're with me. I was just... Uh, t- well, listen, the biggest news, and you may have been following it, is this uh, film Vaxxed, which was supposed to be shown at the Tribeca Film Festival. Robert De, Mir- De Niro even defended it initially as he was being attacked because his child has been... Well, injured somehow into the autism spectrum. He doesn't claim it's vaccines, but he wanted it shown. And then suddenly more pressure came to bear from the Sloan Foundation, one of the primary uh, sponsors of that event. Very tied into vaccines, big pharma, all the way back to Nazi Germany and IG Farben. Fascinating what's being revealed in this regard. So I have not followed this, and I, you know, I don't, my only news I get is from. Uh, from the Robert Scott Bell show, so I don't, I don't know what's going on. So he was supported initially, and now he's not supporting it? Yeah, initially it was set to be aired uh, the final day of the film festival, which is coming up in, I believe, a few weeks in Tribeca, the Tribeca Film Festival. And uh, there was so much opposition from the same yahoos that, that yelled and screamed at you all those years ago, Dr. Batar, and the fact that the, one of the uh, major benefactors of this uh, film um, program each year is the Sloan Foundation. Of course, you know Sloan Kettering and its relationship therein. And so they could not have this film aired because they say it's dangerous. They call it inaccurate, filled with lies. They've never seen it. They don't know what's in it, except that they know it's not good for them. And basically, it is Brian Hooker, who you know we just had on last hour, Mm -hmm. talking to the CDC whistleblower, William Thompson, about all the things that he revealed and how that converted into a complete documentary feature film to reveal the lack of safety of these modern-day vaccines. So, so, what was it called? Facts? Vaxxed. V-A-X-X-E-D, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even know that there was a movie coming out like that because when last time I talked to Brian, he said there was some things coming down the pipeline. He didn't tell me there was a movie being done. 
Yeah, and now, that, like I said, this has been dominating the news since last Friday, all the way through the weekend, and it's d- dominating Twitter. The mainstream media has picked up on it, although they won't give it a fair hearing because they're of the same mindset that the the science has settled. Of course, anytime someone says the science is settled, it means they don't want to engage in a discussion on the merits of the argument. They just want to stick their fingers in their ears and saying la 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 la. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's unfortunate, but I think that. What so is the pressure going going to prevent the movie from being shown? Is that what you're saying? Yep, big time, big time. Listen, Doctor Batar, I know we got you on late. We got to take a break. We'll catch up on the break and continue on with some more advanced medicine, the overseas edition. Now that Doctor Batar is with us, more powerful healing than anywhere else on the planet in media. You can get out and get the archives at medicalrewind.com. Hundreds of hours available to you after the show airs. Back with Doctor Batar after this. Who'd you say that masked man was? It's a bird. It's a plane. Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to save the day. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. All right, back at it. Dr. Batar is here. The doctor really is in now. And, uh, you know, one of the stories I was talking about, we may revisit the backs of the movie. I know you've been unplugged from all of this, and uh, that's fine. There's a lot of catching up to do and really fascinating things that are happening because it's all going to backfire on the bad guys, as we know. But I mentioned earlier a study that said cancer patients who choose to die at home live longer. You know, I was thinking, based on that information, if they never went into the hospital to begin with, they might they might not die of uh, of anything remotely related to cancer, certainly not the treatment for cancer. Well, that's a very true statement, Robert. Now, if you look at the actual uh, f- feelings that a person gets when they're in hospice, and actually most of the patients are sent from the hospital into hospice, you know, and that's where they end up making that transition. But if you ever walk into one of these places, they just smell and feel like death. In fact, mm-hmm. you go into an oncologist's office, I'm telling you, patients have told me when they've gone in to get chemo and then they've decided to change or midstream or after the ke- treatment failed and then they come to us, they always say the same thing. It's it's like um, th- th- there's a feeling of uh, uh, impending doom when they walk into one of these right. clinics, and and it, it, it I, I remember myself when I was just rotating through oncology, it it wasn't a good feeling. It just you, you, there's something that didn't resonate well. It was it was like you were you know three feet under already, and I'm and I'm not exaggerating. That was a feeling that I would get. That's one reason I knew I would never go into internal medicine. But this study that you're talking about where people live longer when they, if they didn't go into a uh, hospital situation, hospital situation, I'll tell you, I think we talked about this maybe a couple of years back, two years ago, but there was an Armenian doctor, Dr. Kevin Abashian, who worked for me uh, for about six years, and he told me about a Russian study. It was never translated into English, but it was a Russian study where they took two types of cancer, breast cancer and lung cancer, and they divided these two types of cancer groups into two subpopulations. So they took half of the lung cancer and half of the breast cancer patients, and they put them in one group, which was a group that they said do nothing different. If you smoke, if you drink, if you bungee cord jump, whatever, you know, don't, you drive with no seat belts, no mm-hmm. risk uh, behavior adjustment, no dietary modifications, no treatment, nothing. Just do what you're doing. No, no components of therapy, even, even lifestyle you know, was, was disregarded. The other group, that was uh, the breast cancer and the lung cancer group, they went ahead and treated them with conventional means chemo and radiation. And what they did was they looked at the uh, length of survival, and what they found was the group that did nothing 
okay, and I get this, nothing mm-hmm. lived 3.8 times longer on average compared to the group that was treated. Well, it's got to be at the very least embarrassing to the scientific so-called medical community that their very interventions with all of their technology and all of their highfalutin degrees, they're actually shortening lifespan and obviously diminishing quality of life simultaneously. That's the reason they never let it get translated into English. And had he had this doctor, uh, Dr. Bashian, if he, if he, you know, if he didn't speak Russian, I would have never known about it. But he brought the study to me, showed it to me, and and then translated it to me because, in fact, he was really excited about it. And I didn't know what the heck he was excited about. And then when he translated, I was like, I can't believe that this is this is. And I, I thought it was going to be um, mainstream, but of course, you know that they're going to kill a study like that, and they're not going to talk about it or you know minimize the university that was done at or whatever the case was. But they didn't want it to be. Uh, heard or seen off or, or even see the light of day. So Well, and it's also another reason why they have to have a monopoly. The medical monopoly could not exist as it is today without the monopoly because to have such results, they would they would surface. They would not be suppressed. They could not be suppressed in the same way they're trying to suppress the film Vaxxed and information about the dangers and inefficacy of vaccines. It would not exist in a free market for medicine, a free market for healing, which is why they desperately need to cling to that control, and which is why I know we got. I even have listeners that love Bernie Sanders. I they I do. They love him, and and in some ways he, he seems to be a good guy. But he would clamor for more in, of the medical monopoly. Although he says I would eliminate corporate control. Yeah, right. Who are going to control the corporations? Government. That's going to be great. So the idea of a monopoly is something anathema to healing, much less innovation. We've talked about that many times over the years. And it's not just medicine. Anytime that you have anybody controlling an industry, you're going to have stagnation of innovation. You're going to have um, you know, deterioration. There's no incentive anymore to go out there and do something better, do something faster, do something with better results, because the natural tendency is to perform and and go out there and make do, do a better job than the competitors so that you can then renumer, get remunerated for it. Yep. You take that incentive away, then there's going to be nothing. All right, we're going to talk more cancer, cancer causation, reversal, maybe some more on the vaccine issue. you got to stick with us. This is Advanced Medicine, a very special time of the week where Dr. Batar and I get to go, well, all advanced medicine on you, and it's a good thing. MedicalRewind.com also if you miss a show. RobertScottBell.com for all the show notes in links in the show notes. All right, back with Dr. Batar after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Coming events, our buddy Ty Bollinger and I will be at uh, Total Health Canada, Toronto, 8th, 9th, and 10th of April. Just invited a keynote at the American Naturopathic Medical Association in August in Las Vegas when I'll be cooking and burnt to a... Uh, well, you know what it's like in Vegas in the summer, but I'll be there anyway. And, of course, Dr. Batar, traveling all over the world, bringing the power to heal back where it belongs to each and every one of you. We were just talking about the concept of monopoly in a, in a broader sense, not just medical monopoly, but the stifling of innovation and all the things that end up withering and dying in a monopoly. Yeah, the stagnation of uh, innovation when it's controlled and when it's, um, um, it's under the pretense of, you know, the best and, and, and pre- prevention of uh, uh, 
unscrupulous people and making sure you're maintaining a standard and quality, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, those are all the pretenses that they use to create that control. But in actuality, what it does is stagnates growth. So just imagine what would happen if the computer industry was controlled. We, you know, we've talked about this before, where laptops would be the size of uh, two-story houses. <laughs> yes. And, and, but the, the thing is that there's no control. And those, that industry has innovation is rewarded. You know, faster microchips, smaller microchips, smaller computers, uh, greater processing speed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so if we want the same type of advances that are being having, that are taking place in telecommunications, in, in um, you know, the computing industry, personal computing, then we need to have the same type of incentives, uh, and which means you eliminate the control aspect. You can tr- eliminate the monopoly aspect. And so when the government actually does these breaking up of the big monopolies, you know, sometimes people get upset about that. But in one way, there is a benefit to it. Uh, you know, when you talk to, like, the Ma Bells or the AT&Ts or the, mm-hmm. you know, the airlines or whatever it is, it makes sense to break those things up um, because I think they're trying to prevent the issue that we're talking about. But why are they not breaking up the medical monopoly? You know, why are they not breaking that up? And that's where, I mean, that's, the, that's really the future of mankind. And that's what's really suspect here is because they do say that they're going to break up monopolies. The same thing happened with Microsoft and the computer industry. Whatever the case is, they're breaking up monopolies. But notice that there's nothing done with medicine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I think it's because of the religious aspect, because I believe that, as you said, the religi- religiosity of medicine. Mm-hmm. Or, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And our, our good friend John Rappaport, investigative journalist, has a new article on Hollywood and Big Pharma. The medical truth canceled, basically due to Hollywood, the fact that they're embedded We've talked about CDC being embedded in major Hollywood uh, shows on television to make sure a certain agenda is adhered to in this regard. And the fact that, you know, again, we see Robert De Niro, who's so he's big and as big a movie star as there is. What a career. And he even backs down when confronted with the pharmaceutical industrial complex. You know, you cannot reveal this kind of information because it breaks up the stranglehold that that religion has on people, and that is the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. Yep, and that's something that I believe the um, government has to step in, which I don't think they ever will, because that would be the same thing as the government stepping in and breaking up the monopoly of the, uh, you know, you know the, the finances, for example, the treasury sure. or whatever. Of course, you know, the, so when you start, like, that's a free market. The, the, you look at the stock market, you look at the commodity, but you, you look at all this stuff and how some of these things are controlled, and people say, well, that's not controlled. It's, that's a free market. Well, if it's a free market, then why are they manipulating interest rates, et cetera, et cetera? So the, the, when you look at the markets, you look at the real estate, you look at all this other stuff and how they doctor up the numbers, they're basically doing the same thing in the medical arena. They're doctoring up numbers, they're adjusting uh, the studies, they're, they're eliminating certain facts, and then they're... Uh, covering up the truth or they're minimizing the truth or they're preventing the truth from coming out. So it's very similar when you start looking at the markets and you look at medicine, but you look at the other aspects, they they don't uh, allow monopolies. So it is interesting how certain things are allowed to continue in the under that. I think the religiosity aspect of it's probably the, the common denominator. Well, it is. It's a very powerful thing. I mean, some have said religion is the opiate of the masses. And, you know, we're not talking spirituality here because you're a deeply spiritual man, as am I. Uh, but whether you were a part of a 501c3 church or anything like that, that's secondary to that. There are social aspects. I understand that. But the idea of controlling the people through dogma, through belief systems that limit their behavior, that control their actions that dominate their belief systems. And, of course, you've said it so many times and written about it in uh, the international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. 
the most powerful thing you have is is your belief because that sets the stage for everything. And if they can control your beliefs, they got you. That's right. That's exactly right. And it's something that people uh, that listen to, like our show, for example, people that want to look at the other side. I always tell people, look at all aspects. Don't believe anything blindly. In fact, even if I say something, don't believe me blindly just because you like me or you believe me. Challenge it. And it's challenging information that you fed is always a good thing because it allows you to see the counterpoints. And, and I'm not saying that's going to always change your mind. Maybe the counterpoints that you see will convince you even more strongly that you're right in, in your current belief system. But sometimes it's also good to see the opposite side of the spectrum. And, you know, when people tell, tell me that, well, this is a controversial issue, like with the issue with the vaccines and the autism, you know, for me, I've seen the other side. I, I've been on the other side. I never thought vaccines had anything to do with, with autism, but I've seen it. I've seen the removal of mercury is the only thing that the common denominator where these children get better. And I'm not talking about 5 or 10 or 50 or 100 or 500. I'm talking in the thousands now. We're, we just crossed a 2,600th child that we've treated in our clinic in the last 20-some years. And worldwide, God knows how many, you know, it's over 30,000, over 35,000 as of July 2015 that had followed our protocols through other doctors. So it, when you see those type of numbers and you see the response and you see that the only thing that you did was get rid of a substance that's considered to be the second most toxic substance on demand, and that substance happens to be included within all vaccines and it happens to be uh, also a, a major constituent by almost 50% weight in the amalgams that, that one out of six women of childbearing age in the United States are, have been now measured to have high levels of mercury, and, and you know that um, half the population has mercury amalgams, you start looking at the, all these common denominators and you start seeing why are they using such a toxic substance and even the hypocrisy within the system itself. If you spill it on the ground, it has to be walled off as a hazardous waste spill. You have to get mm -hmm. rid of it through biological hazard uh, waste bags. You can't just flush it down the toilet, this, that, the other. But then it takes some type of... Uh, I don't know whether it's a, it's a chant or a, a spell or some type mm -hmm. of alchemic process where that toxic substance, if it spills in the ground, is not put inside your mouth and it's all of a sudden safe. Yeah, it's magic. What is that about? Yeah, it's amazing. It's that, you're right. Alchemy is a good word for it, except they're not spinning it into gold or spilling, spilling it. Well, I guess they are spinning it into gold for themselves. So the lies are profiting or lining their pockets, but at the cost of what? Genuine health of children genuine reduction in disease i mean it's like that meme of the little child in africa who's looking at you funny because you know the headline would read uh you know no clean water hardly any food starving to death sewage running in the streets but don't worry we've got hundreds of millions of dollars worth of vaccines on the way yeah <laughs> i mean it's just absolutely absurd yeah. it, it's just it's just unbelievable that and, and the public falls for it because of the way the message is marketed and the way the message is packaged and delivered. And that's why I say that don't believe anything, challenge it. And especially mm -hmm. if it's something that's on the internet or if it, you know, there's a lot of good information out there, but there's a lot of garbage out there too. So it, plenty, it plenty pays of to garbage. be judicious in, in your decision-making process. It pays to listen to the Robert Scott Bell Show when we go advanced medicine with Dr. Bittar. Now, here's a headline for you. CDC, sudden surge in TB cases reversus quarter-century trend. Now, uh, you know, I had friends going through Emory University that were in the public health school as well as medical school, and, you know, I interacted with them in the health departments. And, in fact, in Atlanta, I mean, it was big, health departments, TB checks everywhere, TB, TB. Of course, there were a lot of immigrants coming from Africa and Asia, different areas, a lot of poor folks as well. Tuberculosis wasn't gone from America. And, in fact, as a, an infectious disease, it still kills more than any other. But the fact that it's on the uptick, is it because we are, what, lacking Maybe maybe they're playing this, that they want the vaccine to be released in America that's used everywhere else, perhaps. 
Uh, that very well may be the motivation. I mean, there's so many different motivations, but the one thing we can be confident of, that whatever the motivation is, there is a sinister reason behind it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to give them any credit for doing anything proper, necessary, correct, etc., when you find out the agenda behind these folks. And I'm not yeah. saying everybody at every level is aware of it. There is compartmentalization. That's how people can work for the CDC and have no earthly idea the stuff that they're doing that is absolutely wrong, unlike those deep down in the basement that don't get to come up and see the light very often, those toxicologists we actually like. Yeah, exactly, because they are people in those within those um, institutions that are pro-toxicity. Uh, when I say pro-toxicity, meaning mm-hmm. they acknowledge that there's a toxicity issue and that they are uh, open and receptive and, and willing to do something about it, but most of them get trounced upon and and uh, shut down before they have an opportunity to do anything. So that leaves it to us, people like us, to do something about it. And right. more and more people are becoming more and more aware of the toxicity issue. I mean, it, it, it's amazing to me that when I think that, you know, we've we've hit um, a certain key component, a key level, there's even more people that, mm-hmm. it's almost like people seek you out now. And I've at least found that, I don't know whether you've noticed that when you're lecturing, Robert, but yeah. that, the, that the audiences are getting bigger and they're getting more, they are. They're more aware. Indeed. Yeah, the things we were saying years ago that we were, you know, getting pelted with GMO tomatoes, now they're, you know, they can't get enough. Tell me more. Tell me more. How do I learn more? And they're coming on board. The absolute consciousness shift is on. We're in the midst of it. And even the pushback, the fight back by the Tribeca Film Festival to suppress the airing of Vaxxed, the movie, is evidence of that. There's also evidence that the bureaucratic oligarchy, including not only FDA, CDC, but EPA, contributing to our toxicological demise. Carcinogenic chromium, the hexavalent chromium that you've heard about, found in Colorado drinking water. Well, remember, the EPA was responsible for that horrible spill with water that was retained. There's heavy metals all in the water supply there now. Yeah, that's another um, major thing. It seems like that kind of died off, but is is it still in the media? Because again, I don't, you know, I only hear about it whenever I'm. Yeah, yeah. There's new the information now that they're acknowledging uh, the discovery of hexavalent chromium, and that was uh, something that we've known about for years. But they're finding it in the water supply in Colorado now. Hmm. So the big spill that they had, there was a tremendous amount of mercury in that water. There was many other things. Uh, there was a lot of, I think, organophosphates and all sorts of other pollutants inside that water. Is this hexavalent chromium coming from that source? Well, I suspect or- it. I'm not sure in this case. I mean, this is uh, being investigated. Uh, ideal, uh, this Renee Sharp Environmental Working Group, they're looking at it intensely, but they're finding these levels of hexavalent chromium. Maybe it's a distraction so they don't have to mention the mercury in the water. I'm not sure, but it's a very real issue. And, folks, if you're not detoxifying your bodies... Uh, you know, you're asking for trouble that doesn't need to happen. Granted, we can't control for everything in the environment, but we can at least clean up what goes into our bodies once we learn of it. And that which is already there. Who can help us? Dr. Rashid Batar <laughs> on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Remember, medicalrewind.com for archives and right here, our syndicator GCN has them as well. And you can always find them on SoundCloud at robertscottbell.com. Back to wrap it up with more advanced medicine after this. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's The Robert Scott Bell Show. 
We're going to continue covering the Vax movie. Vax the movie. If you haven't heard, you're well. You've been out of out of touch, like Doctor Batar, because he doesn't get his news anywhere but here. That's that shows you the power of this. <laughs> no, it shows you the health of Doctor Batar, not clouding his mind with things he doesn't need, while he's helping people to heal, bringing the power to heal back to you. Uh, I've got uh, Celia Farber, another investigative journalist, scheduled tomorrow. Uh, we're in touch with Andy Wakefield. We'll eventually get him on as well. But uh, you can count on uh, this is a place where you're going to hear things you won't hear anywhere else in the media, mainstream or otherwise. So, Dr. Bichar, healing the gut. Uh, just like I said, it's old news here, but we continue to find ways to do it more efficiently. And Fox News, once again, does something strange. They publish an article about the healthy gut, how it may be, maybe, not sure, the secret to a lean, healthy body. You know, the I, I think that's such a key component of having a lean body because I think when your gastrointestinal system is functioning up in an optimum manner, um, that's one of the things that we have observed. And I know personally for myself that when my gut's off, uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to to stay lean and stay in good shape. Um, there are new things that are coming down the pipeline that we're seeing, that we're discovering. And it's not discovering because we're studying it per se, but we're discovering it because that adage desperation is the mother of all innovation mm-hmm. uh, you know when you have patients that are coming in and your normal stuff that you do that normally works and takes care of almost everybody and then you end up having one or two patients that's not working and you start looking at it why isn't it working in these patients what's going on and there are of course so many different caveats at play here so there are key components um, of maintaining a good healthy body and I believe that uh, what the head map has been developed around um, the liver, the kidneys, the uh, gastrointestinal system, and the skin, you know, the four major organs of excretion, if you will, the four major organs of detoxification, of which I believe that the liver and the gut are the, are the most... Uh, it's hard to say what's the most important. In other words, if you've got a kidney issue and the other ones are all working fine, then the kidneys are the most important. So it, it's, it's not to say one's more important than the other one, but the gastrointestinal one is the one that we probably have the most direct control over, um, whereas the liver and the kidneys, you know, sometimes we may be taking in things that we're not even aware of, and Mm -hmm. the body, the kidneys and the liver have to process it. But the gut, that's the one thing that we truly have uh, virtually 100% control over, or close to, you know, 100%, maybe maybe 90% control over. What we eat, what we drink, we have a choice. Mm -hmm. And then to do certain things that can help to optimize that by, by supplementing with probiotics or doing detoxes or whatever is the, 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 the case here. So I think that the gut is a key component. I, I haven't read the study that you're talking about, but I know that when you increase uh, functioning of the gastrointestinal system, a process of elimination, like runners, for example, they eliminate better. People that work out regularly, they eliminate better. They have a healthier uh, gastrointestinal system, and they're leaner. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's true. When you look at the, the guts, the bellies of those who aren't in optimal shape, they aren't lean. A lot of that excess is carried around the intestinal tract, maybe sometimes entrapped within it. I mean, there are devastating consequences to not paying attention to GI health. Again, uh, speaking of one who was hospitalized for constipation as a child, I mean, this has been something I've been having to work on my entire life. Yeah, measurement of number of bowel movements in a day and, and the consistency. I, mean, I know that sounds kind of like a weird thing to ask, but that's one of the most recurrent questions that I ask of, of patients that are continuing our treatments, uh, how their bowels are um, functioning. How many bowel movements a day, you know, and the, the quality of the bowel movements. Now, I know that's a weird thing, perhaps, for some people, but that is a basic, mm-hmm. basic 
a question, elimination. How well are you eliminating? And the better you're eliminating, the, the better the chances that you're not retaining uh, things inside your system that shouldn't be uh, retained. And, uh, you know, if you eat three times a day, you should eliminate three times a day. Basically, that's the basic rule. And some people may only eliminate twice a day, but certainly the people that say, oh, oh I, I'm normal. I go to the bathroom once every three days. That's not normal. No, I don't that care is how. not. Yeah. And, and yet many people think that's normal because they say, well, I've done that all my life. Well, that doesn't mean it's normal. Nope, you again, that all your life, but it's not normal. just because your doctor only goes once a week doesn't mean it's normal. Yeah. It's not healthy. <laughs> might be normal for them, but it's not healthy normal. Well, uh-huh. this is, you know, this is what we do each and every week. I mean, we'll go into the depths of the intensity of science to the basics of elimination patterns. Yeah, that's right, Super Don, pooping. You've been wanting me to say that all day. <laughs> all right. That's it. Hey, Dr. Batar, have a wonderful trip. We'll catch up with our next advanced medicine uh, next week, of course. And in the meantime, you can take us out. You don't even have to do it in Spanish. What do we need to tell them? That the power to heal is yours. Si, senor. The Robert Scott Bell Show.